0: So what, is, what does expectation look like? You know, our, our, around here, we've, we've started new series all month long. We've got additional series. If, if, you're in our, um, if you're in our Connect Equip class, we're in the book of Ephesians. I'm telling you, it's been awesome. And um, so we've got a lot of word going out. And the Word of God being ministered in, in your life will only enhance and cause you to see more clearly because the entrance of His Word brings light and life to us. You know, it, it, things are become more clear than what we've ever known. And there's an expectation in me for spiritual things like, like I've never had before. Um, <clears throat> And I, I was I was looking at. We're gonna we're gonna mainly. In the series, I mean, we'll talk we'll look at different passages of Scripture, but we're mainly going to. Be in, in the whole chapter of. Uh, the, the the whole fourteenth chapter of, of John's Gospel. And then a lot of the sixteenth chapter of John's Gospel. We're gonna be there a lot. But I was thinking of a passage tonight um, in the book of Acts. The first chapter of the book of Acts. And um, I just want to I want to read a little bit of scripture here. And Jesus said some things, there's some things that Luke pinned here that Jesus said before he left the earth. And in verse 9, uh, Jesus ascends into heaven, he, 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 he leaves the earth. And verse 12 says, and when they returned to Jerusalem, the disciples did, from the Mount of Olives, which is near Jerus- Jerusalem, a Sabbath day's journey. When they had entered, they went up into the upper room where they were staying, Peter and James and John and Andrew and Philip and Thomas and Bartholomew, Matthew, James, the son of Alphaeus and Simon the Zealot and Judas, the son of James. These all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers. And... Um, It says in verse 15, And in those days Peter stood up in the midst of the disciples, altogether the number of names was about 120, and said, Men and brethren, this scripture had to be fulfilled, which the Holy Spirit spoke before by the mouth of David concerning Judas. And he went on and they added the the 12th disciple that took Judas' place. But... In that upper room, those 120 had an expectation of supernatural things because they believed what Jesus said. Jesus told them to go there and to tarry to wait and that something would happen. There was an an expectation because of believing what Jesus had said. Now, when we read the Gospels, we see all kinds of doubt and unbelief in those same disciples, right? Doubt, unbelief, I mean everywhere, I mean around every corner. Jesus tells him to do something and he comes back with, where's your faith? Why did you doubt? Why did this happen? Constantly challenging them about their doubt and unbelief. And here, there is an expectation, and the expectation is based on what he told them to do and what he said was going to come. So, all through this series, I-, I want you to be aware of the Holy Spirit inside of you, creating an expectation for things that you've never seen before. Um, I just I, I have an absolute assurance of the time that we're living in right now, and, and all I can talk about is what God is doing right here in this place. I have this absolute assurance that, that God is manifesting himself to people that expect him to. People that expect him to manifest in their lives. If we're waiting for God to just do something, you'll wait till, you know, hell freezes over. But if you're expecting what God has already done to work and operate in and through your life, then the expectation for what we're talking about here, the presence of the Holy Spirit within us, will take on a whole new set of understanding a whole new understanding in your life that is going to empower you to receive the promises like never before. That's my expectation for you. Can you say amen to that? Amen. So, tonight, we're, we're going we're gonna to look at some, at some foundational scriptures. We're going to start in John chapter 14. And the reason that I'm starting here in verse 1 is because I I feel like that God has shown me some things in in this chapter that some things actually that I've kind of seen but not seen like I'm seeing them now. And, And I really believe that... What I'm going to share with you tonight in, a, in, in building foundation, like I said, I, I don't know, I mean, we'll be in this series for at least a couple of months, maybe five, you know? I mean, I, I, don't, I don't know. We're just going to stay with it until we're done. But <clears throat> I'm, I'm going to read the first four verses, and then I want to back up and talk about those four verses, um, and, and I want to give you a little bit of insight on this. Let not your heart be troubled, okay? Jesus is talking to his disciples on the other side of the cross. He's there, he's present, but he's trying to prepare them that he's leaving, right? But he's convincing them that he's coming back, but he's going someplace to prepare something for them. That's That's what he's getting them ready for. And you know, the planet hadn't seen a miracle in 400 years, and he's talking about leaving. He's the only one that's manifested anything in hundreds of years that they know of, that church history even talks about. And he's saying it's going to benefit them if he goes away. I don't know about you, but I think that'd be nuts, right? So, so did they. What do you mean? Did we, where are you going what i mean and so you'll see that you'll see this in, in this passage and he, so he says let not your heart be troubled you believe in god believe also in me in my father's house in my father's house are many mansions and if it were not so i would have told you i go to prepare a place for you and if i go and prepare a place for you i will come again and receive you to myself that where I am, there you may be also, and where I go, you know, and the way you know. And Thomas says, you know, how the heck do we know where you're going? We don't know anything about what you're doing. That's what he's saying. Now, I'm just going to tell you that traditionally things for years that I heard taught about this passage of Scripture never set right with me. Just didn't, you know. Talking about, you know, Jesus going to build me a big house somewhere on Glory Street in heaven, and that that's he was preparing it for me so that I could come and live in it when I leave here. And a lot of what I heard taught, and if you believe that and, and you got to keep that, then then keep it. I'm just telling you some things that I've seen for a long time that are that are getting stronger in me because. Of how important it is to understand spiritual things, we can't live in this life through our natural minds, not filtering everything through the person of the Holy Spirit, and be the recipient of the promises of God. Because the promises of God, first and foremost, start with the spirit realm, and then they make their way to the natural realm. It does. It's not reverse. Well, when I see it, then, then I have it. No, no. It's going to come because I have faith that it's there, and then I'll see it in the natural realm. Always works that way with God. Always has. So, <clears throat> on that side of the cross, I, I, and I heard this taught for years and years, that he was going to prepare a mansion for me, and then he was going to die... He's going to be resurrected, sinned at the right hand of the Father, and then someday, right before the tribulation period, that he was going to return, and that's the return he's talking about right here. I'm telling you emphatically, that's not what he's talking about. And I'm going to prove it to you as we read through here. This isn't my opinion. I'm telling you by the Holy Ghost, it's vital that we understand this. So Jesus says, do not let your heart be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house, what does the Bible say that the house of God is? Ultimately, it's the church. House of God, Old Testament, church in the New Testament, the body of Jesus Christ is the church in the earth. Who's the body of Christ? Who's the body of Christ? It's me and Josh together, connected to Brian, connected to Veronica, and on and on and on, this way. It's all of us together. It's not one of us being that, even though I'm the body of Christ, you're the body of Christ, but we're the body of Christ. We were created, all of us together, connected together, we were created to accomplish what he did in the earth. That's right. He said the works That I did, you'll do in even greater works as we read in this chapter, we'll read that. But we've got to understand what he went and prepared for us. I'm going to go prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also, and where I go, you know, and the way you know. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you're going. And how can we know the way? And Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No, no one comes to the Father except through me. Now, let me ask you this question. Where is Jesus right now? Jesus is at the right hand of the Father. The representation of Jesus is inside of my heart, but it's by the Holy Spirit. The house he went to prepare was a house that has been cleansed, the Holy of Holies was cleansed through the blood of Jesus, we were liberated and free, and now everything, everything in our lives, we've been forgiven of and we've been empowered with through, the, through what Jesus did, what he went to prepare. So where he is, I am also. Where is that? Today, that's at the right hand of the Father. He's there, and so am I, if I believe that. I'm not, I'm not just waiting. Listen, whatever happens after this life, we have a little bit of clarity about what happens after this life, but really all that matters is how we develop a relationship with him in this life. That's really all that matters. That Listen, Jesus doesn't even know when his second coming is if he doesn't know and that's solely with the father then why do we need to know when and how he's coming back all I know is he's coming back amen can everybody agree on that we see it through the scripture he is coming back but right now I don't need to be heavenly minded out there I need to be heavenly minded here right And I I can only be heavenly minded here when I'm connected to God through the person of the Holy Spirit. Now, that's the way we're going to read this, and that's what we're going to see as we go through this. And you'll have to make up your mind. Some people have mindsets about certain things, and you have to change your mindset. Other people never heard it before, so you're just going to hear what I say, and you still have to judge it for yourself you got to believe that what I'm saying is that what he went to prepare was my place with him at the right hand of the Father. He went to hell. He rose again on the third day. He led captives, those who are captive, in all the 4,000 years previous to him coming to the earth, he led all them into captivity in Christ and ushered in all those before and all of us over the last 2,000 years made the way for all of us to have that destination of heaven. Hell was not created for mankind. It was created for the devil and demons. If man goes to hell, it's his choice. He chooses. We serve a righteous and a fair God, and I promise you, if a person has not had a chance to understand who Jesus Christ is and what he accomplished, that person on this earth, or when he leaves this earth, will have an opportunity because we serve a just God. How could God, how would God, if he does not desire for one to perish but all come to the saving knowledge, how would he boot people into heaven you know, looking for a way to get them there? Well, you know, they didn't, they didn't hear anything about it, but, you know, it's their fault. That's not God's, that's not his heart. Hell was created for the devil and his demons, not mankind. If man goes, it's his choice based on finding out about God and who Jesus Christ is and then denying him. That will send a man to hell, a woman to hell. Turning their back on that. But he prepared a place at the right hand of the Father that now through the person of the Holy Spirit, we can know everything that belongs to us. And why would you reject the things of God when you have revealed to you all the amazing promises that God has already done for us? That's right. Why would I want anything else? That's why understanding who the Holy Spirit is and us learning to yield to him on a daily basis is vital to our success. It's vital to us Becoming everything that God created us to be. Amen? Verse 7 If you had known me, you would have known my Father also. And from now on, you know him and have seen him. And Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father, and it's sufficient for us. And Jesus said to him, Have I been so long with you, and yet you have not known me, Philip? He who has seen me has seen the Father. So how can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father in me? Question. The words that I speak to you, I do not speak on my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does the works. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father in me, or else believe me for all these miracles that you've seen. What's what's he trying to do? He's trying to get them to understand He's going to leave, and they're going to have to remember what he said, and they're going to have to remember that, and he's fixing to show them this, and that's, that's what the rest of this chapter is talking about. He's fixing to reveal to them how the Holy Spirit is going to bring to their remembrance all that Jesus said. Now you remember, there's nothing, there's no New Testament written out. And you know, nobody's got a tape recorder. Nobody's got an iPhone that they they hit record every time Jesus preached a message. We're gonna download that, man. I got it. I can listen to it every day. No, man. Man, they gotta remember, huh? They've gotta remember these things. And he keeps asking him, Philip, how long have I been with you? And, And you don't. You're not understanding this, you know. I mean, if Jesus was getting nervous about something, it's, it's, it, it would have been that he's getting nervous over the fact that they're not getting this. They're not understanding. All their dependency is him. Is in him. They're walking around with him. You know what? He'll live forever and I, everything will be fine in my life. No, no, I didn't come here for it to be that way. I came here to show you and give you the example of what it's like being connected to the Father and And I'm going to give you something that's going to make the difference in your life. But you've got to understand that what he came here to do was to reveal the truth of my Word, of the things that I've said. Now, I said all that, and I'm just confirming it in the next few verses. Verse 12. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these will he do because I go to my Father. And whatever you ask in my name, that will I do that the Father may be glorified in the Son. if you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Now, those are really popular verses of Scripture, you know, and they're great. And yet, many people say that doesn't work. And I'm going to show you some things that I feel like are vital. We we, we live in a society where the information highway is out there to talk you out of the truth of God's Word. I'm telling you the only thing that will empower you to combat lies and things that are not truth, the only thing is you having confidence in the voice of the Spirit. You you knowing absolutely that you can hear the voice of God. And I'm telling you, he's not trying to trick us. He didn't make it difficult for us. I'm telling you, I mean anybody can hear. I mean a three-year-old can hear the voice of God. Anybody can hear the voice of God. And yet, and yet the devil's tried to make people think, you know, you, you, you have to be some spiritual giant. You have to know all this stuff. You have to be saved for 100 years, you know, to understand anything from God. I'm telling you, the moment you're saved, you can hear the voice of God. Yeah, right. But you've got to be taught, and you've got to be trained. That's what these weeks are going to be about. He said, if you love me, keep my commandments. Another translation says, if you love me, Um, Do what I've asked you to do. So, have you ever, just anybody that's married in here tonight, has your spouse ever said, you know, you, you just act like you don't love me because, you know, I ask you to do this and you're not doing it. Everybody's probably said that in one form or another felt that way in one way or another. Everybody has. And, and he said here, he said here, if you love me, well, do you love Jesus? Yes. Yeah. Well, then, then do what he says. And, and it's not, it's not a pressure, it's not a law about doing what he says. He's saying, listen, if you love me, if, if, if you really have a heart toward me, if your heart is turned towards me, then you'll do what I say. So he's saying, if you love me, then just do what I say. You know, keeping his commandments is kind of a harsh statement. The way or or, or to some people's minds, it's kind of harsh sounding. And you can say, well, God's harsh or God's whatever, or, God's demanding, or, but, but that's not the nature of God. God. God wants you to be able to ask that question and then answer it. Lord, I love you. I'm gonna do what you say. You know what? If you try to do what he says in your own ability and power, you'll fail. That's where frustration comes from. I have to learn how to hear the voice of the Spirit so the decisions that I make to do what God said, come from the realization that the Holy Spirit is giving me to do what's right. God wants you and I doing what's right because we want to, not because He's forcing us to. That's right. I'm going to say it again God wants you and I doing what's right, what He wants, because we want to. That's what the Holy Spirit brings to the table. The person of the Holy Spirit shows us and reveals to us how vitally important that our connection with him is to the Father and to what the will of the Father is. So look at the next verse. So he says this. Jesus said, I will pray the Father... And he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. And what's his name? It's the title of this series, The Spirit of Truth. He said, I will pray the Father and he will give you another helper that he may abide for you forever. I had somebody say to me, see, see well, there's another spirit. Because he said another. Well, um, dang it. I had my, my phone's not right there, is it? No, I, I, I need, I, it's, it's in, I took a picture of it. I need it in my phone. Can, can one of you get that, get my phone out of my office? I'll read it in a second. But the word, the word another, I'm going to read it out of the, out of the weast translation. Uh, Kenneth Weiss is a, is a Hebrew and Greek scholar, not alive today, but, but was. And in his translations of the Bible, he, he translated these few verses. And I really like the way he says it, because the word another is another, another one that's the same as. It, it, so, so he said, he said I'm going to give you another one of me. Jesus said that. So we know that Father, Son, and Holy Ghost are three, but they're one. Mm-hmm. So another one of us three is what I'm praying to the Father to send to give to you. And it's the Holy Spirit. I'll, I'll read that translation when I get my phone here in a minute. <clears throat> But he said, I will pray the Father and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever and that helper is the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him but you know him for he dwells with you and will be in you. He dwells with you in that moment. He wasn't in them at that, at that time but he said, and he will be in you. I will not leave you orphans, I will come to you. Thank you. He said, and I'm starting with, if you love me, keep my commandments. He said, if you are loving me with a divine and self-sacrificial love, The commandments which are mine, you will keep. And as for myself, I will seek the Father and another helper, another counselor of the same kind as I am. He will give to you in order that that he might be with you forever. The spirit of truth. Whom the world is not able to receive because it does not see him with discernment. The world can't, can't receive it because they don't understand it. They, they, they've not received him through discernment. But he said, the one that is the same as me, another one like me, is what I'm giving you. You stop and think about it. What Jesus left the earth, and notice... This is all future tense that he's telling them about. He said, Holy Spirit will be with you, but he's going to be in you. And what Jesus was doing was he was leaving the earth, going to hell, coming back, going to the right hand of the Father because he was preparing something for you and I that was empowering us to live on this earth and be able to deal with any and every situation that that comes our way. That's what he was empowering us to accomplish and do. As we teach in the series and we talk more about the person of the Holy Spirit, we're going to pray for people to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of praying in other tongues. That, that concept of being baptized in the Holy Spirit in people's minds at different times is taken on, you know, Certain thoughts and ideas that sometimes have hindered people from actually receiving it because they, they don't understand it. Well, we're going to teach on it so that people will understand it. And one of the verses of scripture that talk about it is Luke chapter 11. I just want to read this, and verse 9. Jesus said in Luke 11:9, "So I say to you, ask, and it will be given you. Seek and you will find. Knock, and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks receives. He who seeks finds, and to him who knocks it will be open. If a son asks for bread from any father among you, will he give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent instead of a fish? Or If he asks for an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? How much more does your heavenly Father want you to have the third part of him? Another, Jesus said, I'll pray the Father and he'll give you another comforter, another helper. We've taught this series many times through the years, and, and, and every time I teach this series, I make this statement that when he talks about the Holy Spirit being the helper, that's exactly what he is. He's not the doer of everything, but he helps you do whatever needs to be done and accomplished. That's what the person of the Holy Spirit is and what he's become. To us, he is that one that helps us And empowers us to do what he wants done. He's the helper. And what comes from him, the insight and understanding that comes from him, is the answer to everything. Let me just ask you this question. Do you believe that the Holy Spirit knows everything about everything? Yes. I mean, you'd think he does. But I'm just telling you tonight, you need to believe he does. Yeah, that's right. You've got to believe it. I'm going to tell you again. I'm telling you, I, I believe because of what the word tells us, that the Holy Spirit knows everything about everything. I'll say it again. He knows everything about everything in life. No matter what you can think of, no matter what comes your way, He is and has and is and has and He is and He has the answer to everything. That's right. And what He was created to do was to reveal the truth to you and then help you take the truth and do what He says for you to do. That process right there is how God lined it up, He set it up for us. And now we've got to choose to receive it and begin to implement it. He's told us this. He's here to help us. He's empowered us. He's given us everything that heaven has. And when you get born again and the Spirit of God becomes alive on the inside of you, you have the capabilities of hearing the voice of God and doing what God says. I'm just telling you that up front. Instead of you thinking that you've got to do so much to try to figure out who God is and who and, and, and to know his voice. I'm going to give you a lot of different examples over the weeks of what I believe is the voice of God many times that people don't think is God's voice. And then a lot of times what people think is God's voice isn't God's voice. And we need to be clear on what is God's voice. And I'm telling you, it's not that difficult. I'll just tell you this. You will never hear the Holy Spirit tell you anything in fear. You say, well, well, Pastor, how can you say that? Because God said, he hasn't given me a spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound and a well-balanced mind. And and he backs that up in so many different ways because fear, all through the Bible, you are told to reject and give no place to. Why would God come to me in fear and try to get something over to me? And a lot of people think God, well, you know, God just said that to me, and you know, I I got this, had this dream, or I had this vision, or this understanding, and God told me, you know, you know, I'm going to die if I do this thing. I mean. I mean, God doesn't have to tell you things in a fearful state. He'll just tell you this is what you need to do. Yeah. He'll speak. He'll talk. He'll show you. The Holy Spirit is a person. When, when, when we, we're reading, go back to John chapter 14, where we were in verse 16. <clears throat> I'm just pointing this out again. To you, that in verse 16 he says, I will pray the Father and he will give you another helper that he, that he may abide with you forever. He who? He the Holy Spirit. So if the Holy Spirit is a he, and you, you'll see it all through the, these, these several chapters here, 14, 15, 16, where Jesus talks about the Holy Spirit as another person. See, because he said, I'm going to give you another helper, another comforter. Is Jesus helping them as he's in the earth right here? During that time, was he helping them? Absolutely. Well, I'm going to give you another helper, but he's the same as me, but he's in a different form. And now he's not going to be, you're not going to know him like you know me after the flesh. You're going to know him by the spirit. And that's who he is, the spirit of truth. And he's going to reveal all truth. That's his job, is to reveal all truth to us. And he said, Whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you orphans. I will not leave you without help. I will not leave you abandoned. I will come to you. And he went to prepare this place and this way for you and I, so that we can live here totally free of fear, free of worry, free of care, on top and not underneath. Amen. Do you know, the, you, know, you know what fear does to you? Fear wears you out. It wears your body down. Or you don't have strength, you don't feel like getting up. You, you, you know what else... When, when, when fear has you or anger is gripping you, if you're an angry person, you're a fearful person. And I don't have time to go into all that. The Bible just says it. The only reason I can say that is because the Bible says that. But if you're an angry person, you're a fearful person. And, and, and if you're trying to get rid of the anger, but you remain in fear, the anger's not leaving. It, it, you, may, you may stop it right here, but it'll surface somewhere else because you're in fear. And when you're in fear, your flesh takes over. And your flesh wants to be satisfied. It wants to, like, go inward and just kind of veg out on all kinds of things. I'm not just talking about food, I'm talking about anything. Anything that, that is of the flesh. That's why in the scripture it talked about all the things of the flesh that get in the way. What they get in the way of is you and I hearing God. See? So there are things that your flesh will do to get answers in life that are not necessarily bad, but what they were intended for was to be something that brought recreation to you. I'll give you an example. How many like movies? I do. But a movie was meant to be a recreation, something that you did you know, to kind of bring a time of rest and relaxation. But if you're watching movies seven days a week and, and you're vegging out on things like that, it won't build your spirit. It won't cause you to be sensitive to the voice of God. And I promise you, movies are great for bringing relaxation to the soul, but they're a horrible leader. You know why? Because there's so much information in those things that will lead you astray and cause you to not believe the voice of the Spirit. The reason that most people don't believe they can hear the voice of God is because they're listening to so many other voices. And when you go through times of of transition and you're kind of Working things out of your life. Sometimes you gotta lay other things on, you know, to the side. You gotta quit things. You gotta fast certain things. There was a season when I had to fast movies because because there was a season in my life years ago when, when I was I was struggling in it and and that's what I would do. I would get I would get relief from doing something like that. I'm just using movies as an example. I still watch movies today, but movies are not my source if I go two or three weeks and I didn't watch a movie, I'm not feeling cheated. I didn't get to watch my movie. I don't feel that way. Forget the stupid movie. I'll watch it when I got time. I need God. You understand? I mean, that's just who I am today. I need God. And the other stuff will happen, but I need God. I need to hear God. I need to know his voice. I don't want to be like the world that doesn't have discernment concerning the voice of God. They don't know Him, the Spirit of God, and they, because they're not discerning Him. Listen, a lot of Christians don't discern Him. It's not just the world, it's the Christians too. I don't want to be a Christian that's born again and I'm not discerning the voice of God because I'm listening to a thousand other voices and all the other things that I do because I'm trying to find relief for my flesh and I'm looking for it in all the wrong places. The Word of God and the Spirit of God and the combination of the two empower me to be able to overcome anything. That's right. I can't teach this if it's not working in me. I didn't say it's perfected in me. I don't, I'm not saying I have everything down, but I'm telling you I'm growing and I have an expectation today. And, and listen, I have an expectation for you, for every one of you, like I've never had before as a, as a, as a pastor. In the office of pastor that I, that I operate in, I have an expectation for your life and your destinies to be fulfilled like I've never had before. I pray for you every day and I see you every day and the words are working and I'm believing that you have wisdom and understanding and discernment to know the voice of God that you can overcome because I can't follow you to your house. Nobody can do that, but the Holy Spirit is there. And if you're yielding to him and you're paying attention to what he's saying, Man, he makes the difference. That's why we're teaching this. He makes the difference. Can you say amen to that? Verse 19. No. Verse 25. Jesus said this. I'm just going to say two other little things here, and then, I'm, then we're done for tonight. This is just the foundation of what we're going to continue to build on. Jesus said this. These things I've spoken to you, what he, all the things he just was saying, these things I've spoken to you while being present with you, but the Helper, the Holy Spirit, Whom the Father will send in my name, he, everybody say he, he will teach you all things. So I'll just say this, nobody standing behind a pulpit, anybody you listen to that teaches the word, you know, any podcast you listen to or anything else, nobody was created to teach you everything. In fact, nobody was really able, even has, no no one's even able to teach you all things. In fact, no human being has the ability to teach you very much. And that's why you have to believe in the people that bring the word to you. You have to believe in what's being taught to you. And then you have to believe in the true teacher, the Holy Spirit, Even to take the things that I've spoken to you tonight, as you go home, if it just goes in one ear and out the other, it will do nothing for you. I mean, it'll do some. I mean, it'll do something for you. But it won't profit you the way it was intended to in me sharing what Father wanted me to share with you. It it won't benefit you because you're not giving place to the Holy Spirit to say to you personally what he really means about what I'm saying. Because, see, what I'm teaching right now, it comes to Brian one way, it comes to Veronica in another way, it comes to Isabel and Dale in another way, and everybody's sitting here. Everybody's hearing something that relates to where they're at, and that's why you have to have confidence in the Holy Spirit revealing to you what I really mean for you. It's vital. All of your success in life is tied to that. Otherwise... Otherwise, if we don't do that, then there's a lot of things, and we're going to talk about it over the weeks. But, you know, let me just say this. When when I'm saying this, I'm not judging anybody, but, but, everybody say but. 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 We all judge everything, right? But we weren't created to judge someone else with an ultimate judgment. Leave the judging to God, but you're going to judge things. And, and what I judge a lot is with, with Christians is that a lot of Christian people are deceived. And the reason that they're deceived is because of the voices that they listen to. And, you know, if, if Dale has an offense about something, if he's offended by something or somebody, somebody's done something, and then he relays the offense to me, that's a voice of offense that is not the Holy Ghost. And if I pay more attention to the offense and the voice of the offense than I do the things of God, then I'm going to believe, let's say his offense is to, against Brian. And so he relays that to me and the moment he, that comes out of his mouth and he's relaying that offense about Brian, all of a sudden my mind is beginning to think things about Brian that I may not have thought about before. That moment. And there's times somebody has to talk about something or whatever and that's why we have to know the voice of the Spirit because he is the Spirit of truth revealing all truth about every situation that we face. So what we're talking about is down here where our feet touch the ground learning to know and hear the voice of God so that we can handle everything that comes our way. He intended it to be that way. God knows all the difficulties that you and I face. I don't care I don't care I don't care what it is that you face. He already knows about it and he's already created the answer for whatever you face on a day-to-day basis that is negative and bad. But we've got to be able to hear from him how to overcome situations. And I promise you, it's not by being offended with other people. It's not by, you know, railing other people to make us feel better. That's not God's way. God's way is the love way. But you'll never love people that are unlovely If you're not hearing the voice of God, you will pay attention to all those ugly thoughts that you have, and we all have. Huh? I mean, if I was to say to you, okay, tell me, uh, give me the names of 10 people that have been ugly to you. I mean, you know, if I was to ask you, give give me 10 names of people that have done really good things to you in life, people struggle for that. But the the ones that have done ugly things, I mean, you know, the, the, the negative and the bad is out there. It's just there. It's in your face all the time. You can give in to that or you can choose to hear the voice of God and hear the spirit of truth and let the spirit of truth tell you what the real truth is in that situation. Most people that do ugly things, it's because of the ugliness going on in their life. And if you can hear the voice of God, he'll give you the truth about what to do about it, how to pray for them, and be a blessing to them. I can't tell you over the last few years of my life how many times when I could have retaliated and spoke against and come against other people that God's told me how to love people. And it's liberated my life. It's created expectation in my life. It's created vision for my life about what I'm here on the planet for. I was here, you and I were here, and created to be blessings. To be blessed to be a blessing. That's what we were created to do. Amen? And so tonight, what I'm leaving you with is that the spirit of truth is here to take what I said tonight and reveal it to you in a greater way. I don't care if you think you know what I'm talking about tonight. You need to know it in a greater way. We need to be people that are yielding to the person of the Holy Spirit on a day-to-day, minute-to-minute basis. And we need to understand what that looks like. It's not some major labor and a, you know, a, some overwhelming task that's going to wear us out. No, I mean, God, God never said doing His ways would overwhelm you and, and wear you out and cause you to be frustrated and mad and angry. Never. So I'm saying... Today, from today on, we are a people that are yielding to the person of the Holy Spirit and learning to understand what that really means and what that looks like day to day. Amen.